everyone, and welcome to another episode of Express Your Best. I am your favorite professor, Dr. A, and I'm here once again to provide you with a few words of encouragement to start your day. You often hear me say that the students that come on this show are just near and dear to my heart. I know I say it all the time and I do mean it. Each one of them actually is indeed very special to me. But this one right here, we go way back. And I am super proud to see how much he has grown and accomplished, not just as a student, but also as a person. He is a scholar, he is a leader, and he truly has a heart of gold. So today I am giving a big virtual hug and a warm welcome to one of my favorite people, Ilias. Welcome, Ilias. I'll talk for myself. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad to have you on the show. So we're going to go ahead and get started because we have a lot to talk about. You know, we had to catch up before the show started, but I'm going to let him go ahead and tell us a little bit more about himself. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us, you know, what school you're going to, what year you're in, your major. Go ahead. Okay, for sure, for sure. Um so happy to be here in front of my favorite professor ever, literally. Um, so my name is Ilyas Ahmed. Um, to pronounce it, it's pronounced like the Iliad by Homer, but with an S at the end. I know it's probably the Iliad, but whatever. Um, at, I'm at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I'm currently a senior. I have one more year left to complete my undergrad degree, so I will be a, a fifth year next year. And I'm studying recreation, sports, and tourism with a concentration in sports management, minoring in criminology, law, and society. Uh, my hometown is Chicago, Illinois. I'm from the north side, uh, uptown and Rogers Park to be exact. Um, some of the things that I look forward to within like the next five years, like my short term goals in terms of like college and stuff like that. Within five years, I want to be able to be bachelored up. I want to be mastered up and I want to secure my professional job in the workforce, whether it's in the front office of an NBA or NFL franchise. Long term, I see myself owning an NFL team. Um, there's not there's zero uh, black NFL owners currently, and I want to be the very first one ever. Um, there's only one minority. Uh, excuse me. There's only one minority owner in the NFL, and he's Indian, and he's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But besides Michael Jordan and like Dwayne Wade and other people in like professional realm, there's not a single black NFL owner, and I want to be the first one. I'm going to beat out Jay Z. <laughs> oh, he's already over here dropping knowledge, talking about what he's going to do with his life. I love it. So I am really excited. Some of this is much of a surprise to me as it probably is to you. Didn't know all of these things, but I really love that you've got both these short-term and long-term goals. And it sounds like you've really thought about this. When did you decide that you wanted to go into sports management? Did that happen in college or was it something you always knew you wanted to do? So I can't even sit up here and lie. Like I'm an African. I was grow I grew up in an African household. I'm Muslim as well. I grew up in an African Muslim household. So we're all seen as having like dreams and aspirations to be lawyers, doctors, or engineers. And um, I in high school I did technology services, not technology services. Sorry, I did technology development, which is like a um, 
a course. It's kind of like, what was it called? It was called um, Technological Sciences. It was like some track that I did in high school. And that was way too hard for me. I'm not going to lie. Like coding and just doing all that stuff. I have the knowledge for it. I can do it now if I wanted to, but it's just so complicated and time consuming. It just hurts my brain. I don't like doing that. So engineer was not an option for me. Uh, in terms of being a doctor, I don't like <laughs> blood. Like I'm like, I, I don't like blood at all. Like I hate getting flu shots. I hate like donating blood. Like it's just something with me. Like I just don't like needles. Like it took me so long to like mature enough to like get flu shots by myself and stuff like that. Like, so being a doctor was not in the works and being a lawyer, I tried being like something along the lines of being a lawyer, which is why I chose the criminology minor, but that's only because I like the law and knowing the law from my own personal knowledge, rather than putting someone's life or uh, life or freedom in my own hands. That's something that I don't want responsibility for. So lawyer, doctor, engineer was not my calling. <laughs> when I was about 10 years old, I sort of got more interested in football and basketball. Some, like that's usually around the age that boys start getting more interested in sports. And I thought like, what happens behind the scenes? Like I would see these big contracts. Um, 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 Tom Brady signs a... Patrick Mahomes signs a 10-year contract, $500 million. And I think, like, who who does these deals? Like, does it just, like, come out of nowhere, like a generator, like, or something? <laughs> and then I got older, and I realized that they have agents. Like, the teams don't even speak directly to the athletes. They speak to their representation. And then the athletes get word from their agents and stuff like that. And I just thought that was so cool. And I've been doing like event management since I was 17, 16 years old. And like, even before I got into college, it was something that I was exposed to. And um, prior to coming to U of I at my previous institution, when I was at Arupe, I was on the social behavioral sciences track because I had an interest in psychology um, because like, I, I can get into this later, but uh, I, I see mental health as a monumental thing in college students. And I wanted to be someone that cured mental health for all. Um, but when I transferred to U of I, they offered me recreation, sport and tourism with a concentration in either sports management, recreation or tourism. And so I said, wait a minute, sports management, what are you doing that class? <laughs> <Study> sports. <laughs> and so I said, all you do is study sports. Yes. What kind of sports? contemporary issues in sports, ethical issues in sports, finance in sports, marketing in sports, uh, uh, what else? Um, 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 facility management in sports. So I just said, hey, if I'm going to go to my dream university, which is the U of I, I might as well study my dream major. And so here I am now. There you are. Wow, that is great. So, you know, it's interesting when you talk about uh, how your parents often have these dreams for what you should do. And I'm sure lots of students have experienced that. But you held out for something that you really wanted. You brought up something really important because you said you, first of all, after graduating from high school, you attended Arupe College. And there you really had an interest in psychology, specifically issues involving mental health. 
that has been something that has come up so much in um, the area of sports lately. So we can look at some of the tennis greats who have talked about, you know, needing to take time away because of, you know, mental health concerns or just some of the anxiety and depression that can come about um, from being in these high pressure careers. Is that something that you see yourself being involved in, kind of tying or merging together? Um, increasing that awareness of mental health in sports? Yes. Um, I, I tell people all the time, like whenever I try to, so I, I, my goal is to be the director of player personnel for an NFL or NBA franchise. And mostly because I want to build interpersonal relationships with my athletes. I want to serve as a liaison between them and the front office. And I just want to be able to have an inter have a personable sort of like um, connection with everyone that I interact with. Like it doesn't even have to be on a business level. And with my internship, that's the current role that I hold. I hold the director of player personnel role because I'm the, I have the best people skills. Um, I tell people all the time whenever I have convos with them, I'm like, hey, man, I, I have a background in social behavioral sciences. Like I know what's going on here. You know, and um, I just think that it, 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 it's it's everything in life is not black and white. I, I feel like everything in life is, is, is color filled. What I mean by that is not everything is just straightforward. Some things happen behind the scenes. You will never know why an athlete goes from 30 points a game to 10 points a game. Maybe he had a brother die uh, recently. Maybe he's struggling with um uh, uh anxiety depression about being on a higher stage you just never know what's going on behind the scenes and that affects your business that affects your life that affects your relationships and being the director of player personnel i feel like i fit a lot of criteria i'm an african muslim chicagoan i'm an immigrant i'm multilingual i'm in a fraternity there's a lot of there's a lot of circles that i fit in I'm, I'm, and I'm not even from the suburbs, I'm from the rural area, I'm from the inner city. I fit a lot of social groups that way I, and, and, and in return, I'm able to connect with many different varieties of people and I can have, have large sums of empathy rather than sympathy for others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. I know that, you know, just in general, in terms of how we view people and how we link to one another, the idea that we could, uh, that we can be empathetic toward others is really key. Um, and, and also understanding that everyone is going through something. So before we decide to judge them, or especially that happens so much in this, in the sports industry where we are, oh, he didn't play his best today. He's off. His game is off. He's out. He's going to lose the next 10 games or he's doing terrible. Why did they draft him in the first place? You know, we just this gloom and doom um, when we really, you know, we hold these athletes to such high and in, in such high esteem that we don't really take the time to think about the fact that they are people first. And so exactly. they just like everyone else. Um, have issues that are taking place in their lives. So I, I love that. I had never, I wasn't familiar uh, with the individual that was responsible for making those connections and working with them individually, the director of player personnel. Um, so that's, that's good. I like that. Um, I know one of the things that you mentioned as you were talking about how you decided to get into this field of sports management 
you said that you were coming to your dream school. Why did you say this? What? How did University of Illinois and Champaign get to be your dream school? What's so great about it? You had lots of school and schools in Illinois. You could have gone to Loyola, maybe. What's What's going on? Um, I could have gone to Loyola. They 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 threw me a large sum of money, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so being from Chicago, um, like. The, the, the top schools that people think of, Northwestern, UW-Madison, Loyola, U of I, um, NIU, stuff like that, just like the large schools in the area, um, U of I has always been the top choice for just like the unanimous decision for just all high schoolers and stuff like that. Um, we're Number one, we're a flagship university, meaning that we're the top university in the state that we're residing in. Um, and I didn't know that until I got here. So just their presentation of U of I definitely serves flagship university for sure. But um, just like every high school kid, when you envision college, you envision the party life. <laughs> you, you envision the party life. You envision these college town. You envision being away from your parents, especially being an African Muslim student. You envision being as far away from your parents as possible. That's why my sisters went on different sides of the country. Like there's always that aspect to it. But U of I just offers the the widest varieties of uh, uh, majors. Um, I had friends that came here prior and they used to tell me like, they used to tell me these weird majors that I would never hear of. Like everybody knows of like law degrees and PhDs and 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 finance degrees and just like business degrees, stuff like that. I have friends who are in fine arts. I have friends who are dance majors. I have friends who study molecular biology. Like what is molecular biology like? <laughs> like they, they know. <laughs> right, like what is urban planning? Like, <laughs> like, like, I know what it is now, of course, but right. like growing up, like you would hear these random majors and I'm like, I thought it was only four things. I thought you could only study law, medicine, business, <laughs> and, 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 and genetics. <laughs> like, you know what? I want to stop you there for a minute because I, and I appreciate your transparency with this because that is something that so many students, they're in that exact same place when they think about going to college. Okay. I've got about four or five options. I'm going to pick one of those. And then they get there. And not only can you select pretty much any major that you want, but you can also have a minor with it. And mm -hmm. that is amazing. So it's just, uh, it's like a smorgasbord, right? Like, uh, you yeah. know, a buffet, you can choose whatever you want. And and what's important about this also, uh, Ilias, I don't know if this was your experience, but sometimes students feel like they have to come on the campus and have it all together and know exactly what they want to do. And then they discover, wow, I, this isn't really an interest for me. I, I think I want to do something else. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we, for sure. Mm -hmm. So we find that people change their minds because this, what they thought was what they wanted to do for the rest of their lives, it really isn't. So it's important to explore. That's that's really one of the best things about this time that you are experiencing, that 
you get to explore and learn about lots of different fields. I'm so glad you know what urban planning is about now. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You have already um, kind of mentioned that you are a part of um, a fraternity. Yes, ma'am. Why don't you just tell us, because, you know, I know just as there are many majors, there are also a wide variety of organizations. What um, are you a part of any other organizations at University of Illinois? So um, other than the the um, so just to preface, I'm a part of the uh, University of Illinois Black Greek Council. Um, I'm, I'm a member of Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. And we're one of the organizations that comprise the D9, which is the Divine Nine. Um, we were the last to be inducted into the Divine Nine. So technically, we're the creators of the Divine Nine. Um, so I like to I like to say that a lot. <laughs> um, but besides Greek life, I'm also a, a male model on campus. Um, we have this organization called the Catwalk which is basically like a, a modeling organization. Um, my sisters have told me that I should model since I was younger. Mind you, I have four sisters, so I have four heads telling me that I should model. Um, <laughs> they, they do my hair a lot. Like, they see me how I dress. <laughs> like, they're like, Ilya, you take so much pride into your looks. Just model already. And so to make new friends and just meet, you know, Black people, I just... Um, by the way, we're 5% out of the 50, 60,000 students that are here. So we're about 5,000 students on campus that are Black. So it's hard to really see people on campus unless you come to these organizations. But like I said, um, I wanted to just meet new people. So I started modeling. Um, there's also a dance modeling org that I'm a part of called MODA, M-O-D-A. And um, that's another organization that I use to meet more people and just, I'm a dancer. I like to dance. Um, so that's something that I use to just like get out there and get my name sort of like um, recognizable because I'm a transfer student. Um, other quick things that I could point out, the Central Black Student Union, which is basically the Black Student Union at the University of Illinois, um, as well as the African Cultural Association and the Muslim Student Association. Uh, I, I, I hate to neglect my cultural side. Um, I have to remember that I'm an immigrant, and not only am I an immigrant, I'm a Muslim. So um, I like to just touch bases on all the social groups that I'm a part of, whether that's the Black Muslim Student Association, whether that's the um, Curly Head Kids Association, whether that's um, the Muslim Student Association. I try not to neglect any part of my identity because that's how I forget who I am. And I really do respect that you've chosen an institution that allows you to do that because not every institution has that. So I'm I'm glad that you've been able to to find that um, there's a place for you in many different spaces on that one campus. So, you know, I've been thinking about um, some of the things that you've said, and you seem to be having an awfully good time on this college (laughs) journey. Why don't you tell us a few of the highlights that you've experienced? What have you liked uh, the the most, I guess, so far about being in college? Um, Honestly, I feel like the cliche answer, everyone who's in college and pledges a fraternity, or not necessarily pledges, but chooses a fraternity, says usually, oh, when I joined the frat, it was the greatest thing ever, whatever. And don't get me wrong, it has awesome benefits. Do not get me wrong. But um, I didn't join my organization for the benefits. I didn't join the organization for the, like the kids say it, clout. 
I didn't join it for like the fun and the all that stuff. Like that comes with it, but it comes with work. The work comes first and all of that comes later. So um, I see that as an extracurricular that I use to uplift the black people on campus and 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 sort of the betterment of the community. Um, I, I, I would say the highlight of my college experience so far is really discovering the major, my major of choice. Um, um, the reason why I chose U of I when I became a young adult rather than when I was a kid, like when I was in high school, when I was a preteen, when I was a teenager, I wanted to come to U of I for the college atmosphere. And that was one of the reasons why I chose U of I, but I could have went to Minnesota in a, a small town in Minnesota for the college atmosphere. Like Champaign-Urbana is not large at all. You know, I could have went to any college town and, and had that. Um, but I'm glad that the school that I chose had my major of choice because I would have been here stuck studying something that I wouldn't been proud of. Mm -hmm. I can walk around with my chest up and say I'm a sports management major and I don't have to explain nothing else. Mm -hmm. They know they know what that means. They know I'm going to be in a prominent position in the sports realm when I'm older, especially when I secure my master's. So I'm just glad that I was able to find a school that was able to accommodate me and my academic goals. I like that. Um, a lot of times people talk mostly about the relationships that they've established, but you did mention that when you've talked about, you know, becoming a part of the fraternity. It sounds like in choosing this major or, or being at an institution where you've you know, been able to um, select a major that really resonates with you and, and you know that it's going to help you to get into a career that you really desire. Um, are, it sounds like there's been a lot of growth there for you, like kind of like an evolution of self. Um, in what ways would you say that you've grown during the college journey? Um, so... I can speak on like physically and figuratively. So like the physical aspect, my hair has grown a lot. <laughs> like when I it has people, it really has. I was surprised. I was like, where did all that come from? But it looks good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like, um, I can drop my IG at the end so you guys can see my hair process. <laughs> but um no, like all jokes aside, figuratively, um, I feel like I've grown a lot throughout my college um, journey. Um, I learned that one of the first things that I learned, especially being a transfer student, is that four years at a university is not the end all be all. Um, there's a reason why scholarships give you up to six years to graduate, because they know people change majors. They know people transfer. They know things happen. They know people take year off they know people take breaks and stuff like that one of the things that i became stronger in is um just perseverance and and understanding that whatever i'm in is not the end there's always another step so completing freshman year i know there was i knew there was always going to be a sophomore year completing sophomore year mm -hmm. i knew there was something that was ahead of that transferring to u of i i knew transferring to u of i was not the end all be all i knew there had to have been work that happens at U of I. And even when I graduate, I'm looking towards my master's. Once I get my master's, I'm looking towards my job. Once I get my job, I'm looking for that next promotion. Once mm -hmm. I get that next promotion, I'm looking for that retirement fund. Like there's a lot of things that you have to look forward to in the future because the stage that you're in now is not the end all be all. There's always going to be something that will a lot make you move forward. And because of that, my perseverance has been strong. 
um, I've learned how to start fast rather than falling behind and playing catch up. Um, that's how I was, I was able to make the Dean's list three, four times when I was at Arupe. Um, that's how I was able to get my grades up so high because after every assignment, it was never chill mode. It's never chill mode when you're in college, only in the summertime. And sometimes you take summer classes like we do. So like there's never chill mode. There's always work that needs to be done. And especially if you're in college, there's internships. There's other things that you can get better at. Um, with my job at the sports center, I work at the university at the, at the U of I sports center. And I started off as at a promotional position. And I knew that wasn't the end all be all. I went from an event manager to a program assistant. And after I graduate, I'm going to be a graduate assistant and the graduate director. So there's always things that you could build. There's like never be the smartest person in the room. That is a bad thing. You must be surrounded by those that are greater than you are because that's the only way you're going to grow. And you have to grow mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally in order to survive college and to, to survive adulthood. He's already gotten to the end of the show where we talk about the, the words of encouragement. Hold on a minute. Gosh, I'm telling you, this is such good stuff, guys. You know, that that perseverance is really critical because as Ilias mentioned, everything doesn't go your way, right? You've got to find a way to keep moving. And I, I wanted to, to talk about this because you mentioned um, there's a reason why institutions might give you, you know, six years in order to complete this, this degree. Um, I came across a statistic from uh, UNCF that says among students enrolled in four-year public institutions, 45.9% of Black students complete their degree in six years, the lowest rates compared to other races and ethnicities. Um, and so some of this we can attribute to uh, historically knowing that academic challenges that maybe there are academic challenges that extend back to, you know, many African-Americans attending low-income, low-resource schools. Um, they don't have necessarily, uh, they have su subpar resources. They don't have access to the same things that uh, many of their peers do. But the findings also suggest that the completion rate is affected by the fact that many Black students are forced to be independent. Thus, they are forced to balance jobs, school, and family responsibilities. And I'm just wondering if you've seen some evidence of that um, during your college career, either for yourself or in, in the environment or circles that you find yourself self in. So I can speak in first person when I about with this question. Um, so I'm going to be entering my sixth year next year, this upcoming year. And um, that's attributed to transferring from Arupe to U of I, changing majors. Um, a lot of my general education courses was able to transfer over, but some courses that was in uh, social behavioral sciences and some courses that was in theology and stuff like that wasn't able to transfer over. So um, I have to take a extra year to complete those lost courses mm -hmm. and um, to complete my recreation, sport and tourism major, I have to do uh, extra things within their curriculum um, that are required, such as a semester of internship and a semester of professional development. So that extends my college experience to mm -hmm. six years. And when you look at it at a glance, oh, he's graduating in six years. 
he probably hasn't been doing what he needs to be doing the last four years. And that's never the case because sometimes it is, but don't you think that person who's lazy and doesn't want to finish school, don't you think they would have dropped out already? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's all about perseverance. Like I said, in the previous question, and I'm ready to be done as much as I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to complete it. It's kind of like a motivational piece rather than a, um, a, a, a degrading um, uh, feeling, you know? Absolutely. I'm so glad that you outlined that for us because, you know, although these statistics suggest that, you know what, there's so much going on and, and there is, I want you to, to speak to that because there are some issues that have to do that are more environmental, but you gave us a very um, detailed outline of something that might be occurring with many of the students who are staying longer to get their degree. Um, and so, you know, the fact that you needed to complete some of the courses that you weren't able to transfer from, from your last institution, Arupe College, and also that some of the majors are requiring specific courses that you need to take. And that perseverance is what's kept you going because, you know, to see that and you're thinking, wow, I already completed two years. What do you mean I have to do more? Uh, so that can be seen as a, as a challenge and very overwhelming to some students, but you kept moving forward. I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit more about that. But before that, can you, you know, give us a little bit of information? Um, you know, what were you thinking about in terms of environmental challenges that that might affect you as a student? Um, um, sorry, I don't like using the words like or um. I, I learned that in your class. Um, <laughs> I think you, you know, you were talking to me about, you know, the balancing, how you've also had to balance that life and, and work and school with your family. And right, yeah. right, right, mm-hmm. right. Okay, I can talk, I, I can talk based on that. So my mom, she's the biggest advocate for online, online teaching. She wants her kids to be close to her. She wants to like, she was, she, she, she fell in love with remote learning. Like all of us hated it, but my mom loved it. Like, <laughs> like you don't understand how much my mom loved cooking for us every morning, not having to drive my little sisters to school. Like, wake up guys, 8 a.m., get ready for class. Like she's on it. Like she's on it. And she loved it because it was like she was a, a stay-at-home mom again. Mm-hmm. Like now we're all older. Now we're doing our own thing. We're living on our own. We're living on campus. My, my younger siblings are in high school. They have a couple of years left till they're gone. And whether they stay in Illinois or not, it's up to them. Um, but like she felt like a stay-at-home mom again. And she was just taking great care of us. And that's something that like I yearned for when I was when I'm on campus. Like I get homesick. Me personally, I get homesick. So my first year on campus, I was struggling. I was struggling to live by myself. I was struggling to wake myself up. I was struggling to go to bed at a certain time. I was struggling to make sure I go eat every day because I usually had my mom cook for me every day, every meal. Um, I know at a certain time I have to be home to make it for dinner. Like here when I'm on campus, I eat when I want. I sleep when I want. And I wake up when I want. And it was no structure for me when I first came here. This is the first time I've ever had no structure living by myself, you know. And even as a 20-year-old transferring here, as a 20-year-old, you're a baby. Like, I'm 22 now. Like, that was two years ago. Me, two years ago, was a baby. 
Like, <laughs> thank you for admitting that. I get students <laughs> on here and they're doing well, I'm adulting right now, but I only want to do it partially because I don't want to pay any bills, but I'm kind of adulting. You are not, (laughs) you are just just getting started. You are a baby indeed. And I I love that you say that you talked about some of the, those, those are some of the challenges you experienced that learning how to get organized and prioritize. And how did you overcome those challenges? Was it just time that made it better or did you have to implement certain strategies? So, um, excuse me, during COVID, it was difficult because I was home all day. There wasn't any structure. There wasn't any discipline, everything, excuse me, everything was online. So remote learning was just a breeze. I wake up, turn on my laptop, turn off my camera and sleep. You know, so it wasn't really like it wasn't really any any structure or discipline. And I had to learn to not do that because that's how you become lazy and that's how you build bad habits. Mm -hmm. So once I identified bad habits, I just started working towards them. Like I have a full meal plan. So with my full meal plan, I can eat whenever I want at the dining hall. Why would I waste my meal plan when there's people out here who are begging for meals? You know, like Ilyas, get up and eat. Make sure you eat three times a day. Like whenever I would see something that I'm, I'm, I'm either lacking in or struggling with, I, I make a point of emphasis to try to defeat that. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm going to work late every day, I would make sure on my calendar I put my 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 clock in time for thirty minutes prior. So I, if I end up late, I'm still like ten minutes early. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like the tips. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would just I would just find what I'm lacking in and put it in my reminders, the reminders app of my phone. I I utilize the calendar app and the reminders app of my phone so much because it keeps me organized. And I was diagnosed with ADHD last year. I knew I had it since like middle school, but mm-hmm. I was like officially diagnosed with it last year. And it makes a lot of sense for a lot of things that I do. Like I forget sometimes that I have class sometimes. I forget that I have assignments that are due and stuff like that. And a lot of that is attributed to my family being able to be like, Ilias, did you do that project? Ilias, did you do this? Ilias, did you do that? And now that I'm in college and I'm by myself, I have to do all these things by myself on top of being the older sibling that I had when people were on my behind, I have to be on others behind that are in high school right now that share the same blood as me and that are twins. Mm-hmm. So I serve as the third parent rather than being the kid that everyone looks at, looks after, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that had to bring my adulthoodness in, in, <laughs> in, in full display. Yeah. I guess you're not really a baby anymore, huh? <laughs> 22 <laughs> years old is still a baby. Uh, <laughs> had to grow up a little. I don't know. I got to get this. I have to get this video up and running. That is truly my goal. So the next um, show, the next episode, you guys, I always say that they have to see um, how beautiful my my students are. You guys are just wonderful. But I would also be showing one of the pictures that's hanging up in my office of you where you truly had a baby face. And yeah, now now you're trying to look all grown. So we'll we'll see. But you know what? You you mentioned several things that I definitely know that many students in our audience can resonate with. You know, this idea that I had people that could remind me of things and keep me on track. And now it can be scary to have to do these things on your own. So making sure that you're keeping track of what it is that you have to do. And yes, you might know that you have to go to work and it seems 
redundant and it doesn't really make sense to keep writing it in your calendar, but you need it there. You need something to remind you that that's what you need to do because it just takes something else to distract you. And all of a sudden, you know, you're doing something or you're somewhere that you don't belong. So I'm glad that you brought that up. We're going to get ready to wrap up this show because I could talk to you all day long. Um, I know that you mentioned that it's your mom. I think she's one of your motivators. I also uh, can hear that your siblings are a real source of motivation for you. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, And you talked a little bit about how you are, you know, some are younger and you have a couple that are older. Yes, ma'am. That's I'm right. the third child. Yep, I'm the middle child of five. Okay, so you you are that middle child who is often one that is looked to um, for as a resource. And so you have really learned to act as a resource for your siblings, those that are ahead of you and also those that are behind you. So you're doing a lot. I just wonder, you know, is there anything else? Um, you mentioned your mom, but is there anyone or anything else that keeps you motivated? What keeps you going so that you're not a part of this statistic that I talked about? Um, what is it that keeps you moving ahead? Um, well, there's, there's, there's one saying that I tell myself all the time whenever I'm approaching a goal or whatever, whenever I'm setting a goal, Either I'm going to look back, <clears throat> excuse me, either I'm going to look back on this moment and be like, let's say, for example, I need 100 on like three assignments and a, a 80 on an exam in order to get a B in the class, right? I will tell myself, Ilias, we're going to look back four weeks from now. You're either going to A, regret that you didn't accomplish your goal and you had the opportunity to in the time to, or you're going to be feel accomplished that you were able to actually do it. And I've disappointed myself so many times in life, whether that's almost getting kicked out of school many times, whether that's having a below a sub 2.0 GPA in in high school at one point, whether that's um, not doing great my first year in college, whether that was just many different hardships that I had to face personally, uh, academically and emotionally. Whenever there's a goal in mind, I'm either going to tell myself, which side do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side that's a disappointment to yourself? Or do you want to be on the side that says, yes, I did it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that reflection is critical. You have to be able to, to go back or think about what you've done. And so knowing that in advance that, hey, I'm going to either look back and be proud of myself for putting forth every single effort, you know, and, and doing the best that I can. And I know you know this, but it doesn't mean that that's a, that's a, a 100 or an A on the exam. It just means that I've done everything that I possibly can to reach that. Or are you going to look back and regret it? So right. that, that reflection is really a critical piece of becoming successful. All right. We have reached the end of the episode and you know what happens. You've got to share some words of wisdom or encouragement, although you've given us a lot. I want to know what you would have to leave. What do you want to leave this audience with uh, your peers? What do you want to say to them? Um, there's just a couple of final remarks I'd like to just leave off 
for the audience and uh, all the listeners out there. Um, one thing that everyone must understand is it's never where you start. It's always going to be where you complete and where you finish. If you start from, like I said earlier, I had a 1.9 GPA in high school at one point in time. I've had to build from that. But at one point in time, I was at the lowest of the low. Now I'm at a flagship university with a full scholarship. Anything can happen. I came from a Rupe College of Loyola University after not being accepted to any university, not even, not even, and not even U of I. U of I didn't even accept me the first time around. I'm sure they were surprised when they saw my application two years later. <laughs> Is this the same kid with a 3.5 GPA? <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I'm, you know, so it's never where you start. It's where you finish. I never thought that I was going to be in a fraternity when I started college. Now I'm the president of my fraternity at the University of Illinois. I never thought that my hair would grow. Now I have a bun. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suggesting that everybody should do this? It's not where they start. It's where they finish. It's where they finish. It's where they finish. I think that is great. And it's the perfect place to, for us to close out. I really do think you have said so much, giving us so many wonderful nuggets to look back on. You know, I like that you, everything in life is not black and white, that we really have to begin to see one another and understand that everyone is lifing, right? We're all dealing with something. And that's what you strive to do. You want to see that specifically in athletes. You also talked about, you know, that it's really important for us to begin to interact with one another positively, but that for you, one of the highlights was discovering what it is that you want to do with your life. And that's huge. That's what I talk about, or that's what I mean when I talk about that evolution of self. I think that is so important for students to know that most of the way that you grow is not going to be in terms of your academic ability. It's really about who you are as a person. That's where you're going to experience the most growth. Um, and I also wanted to just go back and, and uh, say again, that when you reflect on your experiences, that's going to help you to be able to move forward. You mentioned never settle for being that smartest person in the room. You wanna be able to learn from others. Um, I heard you talk about perseverance and learning to look toward the future, always knowing that there's something ahead of you that you want to shoot for, something that you want to accomplish. And finally, it's never really about where you start. It's always about where you finish. Did I get it? Yes, ma'am. Ah, I love that. So you guys heard it here. We have had an awesome time with Ilias and I can't wait to have him back once he has graduated and then gone on to grad school. We'll have to have him back on the show. He has given us some wonderful words of wisdom. And I know that if you are wanting to go down and visit the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, that he would be more than happy to give you a tour because that's just the kind of person that he is. I am so glad that you took the time to join us today. Thank you, Ilias. Yeah, no problem. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Golden Grandson 2.0. Um, my original Instagram, Golden Grandson, got hacked. So uh, let's just follow the second account. Don't even worry about the first account. 
Um, and yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at Ilyas Ahmed, I-L-Y-A-S-A-H-M-E-D. Um, there's a lot of Ilyas Ahmeds out, out there in the world, but I'm sure there's only one black Ilyas Ahmed out in the world. So you'll find me very well. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. You all need to link up with uh, Ilyas. He's got a lot to share with you. And that's whether you are a college student just starting out or one that is preparing to finish up. He is definitely someone you should know. Thank you so much, Ilyas. And we'll talk to you again soon. Everyone, this has been another episode of Express Your Best. You know that I'm your favorite professor, Dr. A. I'm always here to offer words of encouragement to start your day. Have a great one, guys.